0: You're listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So one day Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, and He saw two men who were brothers. They were fishing. Their names were Simon, Peter, and Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake. And, and Jesus, Jesus calls them to follow Him with one of the greatest lines I've ever heard in my life. Here's what he said, follow me, which which he meant by that, go with me, become my disciple, live your life with me. And here's what he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Don't you love that line? I mean, it's just like, here's some guys fishing for fish and Jesus comes along and he looks at them in the eye and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What he was saying was, become part of this movement that I'm leading and we will change the world. Go with me and let's do something that nobody has ever done before. Go with me and let's let's see the world turn on its head. Go with me and let's bring hope into people's lives. Go with me and let's change the world. See, I I wonder if when he said it, the hair on the back of the necks of those two young men just kind of stood up. Because they were not much more than teenagers. And I wonder if something happened inside of them that said, I'm going with him. Because I want to be part of something greater than myself. I, I want to be part of something that's greater than just my own small existence. Yeah, I could stay here in the region of Galilee and I could just kind of take care of me and mine and take care of my own existence, but I want to do something bigger than that. I want to be a part of something greater than that. I don't want that just to be the essence of my life. I want to change the world. I I want lives to be different because this Jesus used me. So I don't know. I think we all are in different career paths it's not the issue no matter what we're doing in career doesn't negate the fact that in that career we make a difference in the world and we still become part of this greater team that says I'm all about meeting basic human need and sharing the gospel with people around the world. There are people in Swaziland that have access to water that didn't have access to water ten years ago. There's people in Swaziland that have access to food that they didn't have access to ten years ago. And there are people in Swaziland who are now walking with Jesus who weren't walking with Jesus ten years ago. And they have broken the cycle of sin and their lives have been changed forever. And and it has a lot to do with the vision that God put in the heart of a pastor right here. And he stood up here one Sunday morning and he said to you, why don't we do something that's bigger than we are? Why don't we become a part of something that's greater than ourselves? And you responded with amazing energy. And God has used you in a powerful way. This is where Jesus has always called us. Look, look with me to the book of Matthew, will you? To the book of Matthew um, In chapter 6, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and and it's in verse 25 that Jesus begins with with these words, okay? And here's what he says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says, "Um, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. And so this is really about, don't worry what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I, I love these examples that he uses. He says, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Uh, they don't sow and they don't reap and they don't store away in barns. But yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? And, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field, they grow. They don't labor. They don't spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these flowers. So if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, it's thrown into the oven. I mean, it's just burned up by the sun. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after these things... And your heavenly Father knows you need them. So if that's not what I'm supposed to do, tell me what am I supposed to do? And this is what Jesus says we're supposed to do. Jesus says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things, they'll be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. so this is God speaking to us today through his word i uh I think about how we prioritize in our lives uh what what is it that makes it to the top of the list uh, what what is it that becomes the most important thing, or what are those things that become the most important things in our lives? So, so there's a guy, his name is uh, Levi Lesko, and he, and he wrote a book called Through the Eyes of a Lion, and, uh, and, and here's what he says, uh, my, my young pastors on staff here, they, 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 they really become a fan of this guy, and here's what he says, he says, destruction by distraction is difficult to detect when it's happening, all right? Destruction by distraction. It's difficult to detect to detect when it's happening because it doesn't involve bad things. So so when I think about what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear and, and what I'm going to drink and about my future, I don't think those are bad things, do you? So destruction by distraction is difficult to detect when it's happening because it doesn't involve bad things, but good things that take the place of the most important things. So it's, it's not that, that focusing on or being concerned about, so what about my future? And what about something to put on the table tomorrow? And what about something to put on my body? And what about something to drink? Those aren't bad things. They become bad when they become the most important thing. When they take the place of something that's more important in my life, that's when it becomes a negative thing. And so here's what Jesus does. Jesus simply suggests that that my kingdom, okay, what what about me can become my number one priority. Now let me show you what it looks like, okay? It looks like this. When when my kingdom becomes My number one priority. Then number one is, okay, what am I going to eat? And what will I drink? And what will I wear? And what about my future? And I'm going to work on all of that stuff. And then I'm going to start to focus on God's kingdom. But number one priority in my life is not God's kingdom or God's will. It's about I just got to get me taken care of first. And after I take care of my kingdom, then I can focus on God's kingdom. And what Jesus is suggesting in the passage is that if we're not careful, my kingdom becomes my number one priority. So, 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 what about me and what I'm going to eat and drink in my future? That becomes number one to me. And what I find myself doing is not living for something that is greater than me. What I find myself doing is living for my kingdom. And that's a terrible path because it becomes about my position and my power and my possessions and my desires, and my comfort, and my want. And so what Jesus does is he challenges us in this passage to reprioritize. And here's what it looks like when we reprioritize. What what if I just said, you know what, first and number one, it's about God's kingdom. That's what my life is about. And then I can focus on things like what I will eat and what I will drink and what I will wear. And I can focus on my future. But the truth of the matter is number two kind of vanishes when we get number one in the right place. It's not even like a number one and a number two anymore. Number two kind of just goes away because everything about my life becomes, well, what does God want? Because when I think about God's kingdom, I'm thinking about what is God's will for my life? And so when I think about my future, I'm thinking about what does God want for my future? So you, you, you may be listening today thinking to yourself, but Rick, what about, what about really important things in life? Like who you marry, isn't that an important decision? Oh, that is... Those of us who are married or have been married will tell you that's a really important decision. My wife would like to talk to you about how important that decision is, Okay. Big time importance decision. So that's not the most important thing in my life. No. The most important thing in your life is seeking first God's will, God's kingdom, and His righteousness. Well, what about important things like a career path? I mean, wouldn't you say that the career path I choose is a really important thing? Yes, it's really important. But it's not most important. The most important choice is that I will seek God's desires, His kingdom, His will, His righteousness for my life and for my future. See, what happens is once I get that right, then my whole life becomes about, well, if I'm thinking about getting married, then, then I need to determine what God's will is. And and I'm just telling you that there was a gal that I dated for a long time in my life and and I knew that God was saying, "Uh uh-uh. That's not my will for you, Rick. And, And I remember coming to a place of having to surrender that. And when we think about, then, then what career path am I going to take? And, and what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to give myself to? We begin to say, well, if, if if it's all about God's will and God's desire and God's kingdom coming to earth and it's starting here with me, then I've got to say, then what does God want me to give my life to? And what career path is God leading me in? What does He want for my future? You see what I'm saying? And And here's all that Jesus is doing. He is just saying that that you are going to be tempted to make your kingdom your number one priority. And you can't give in to that temptation. You must make God's kingdom your number one priority. So, um, let let, let me ask you a question, all right? Uh, This is kind of fun. I kind of like this. Um, If I offered to give you $1 million now in cash... Or I will give you one penny. But, but I'll make a deal with you, okay? Every day for the next 30 days, we will double the amount of that penny. So tomorrow, it'll be two pennies, and the next day it will be four, and the next day it will be eight. You want the penny? Or do you want the million dollars now? Well, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. In five days, You'll have sixteen cents. In ten days you'll have over ten bucks. In twenty days you'll have over ten thousand dollars. And some of you boobirds out there are trying to spoil my deal by saying I'll take the penny, you know what the deal is. It ends up being over ten million dollars. We 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 live in a world that uh we pretty much like things now. And um, I have a million bucks now or there's this other deal that I'm going to weigh. I, no, I just, we, we, we kind of are accustomed to just taking what what is now, you know. And so when we think about living our lives for something greater, um, we kind of think in those terms. I want to do something now. I want to go on a mission trip tomorrow, you know. But I want to do something small. I want to do something big. I mean, I want to make a big difference. I want to see something change, you know. And, and, and I want you to. I want you to do something big. I want God to use you in a powerful way. I want you to leave here today and go change the world through the grace and help of God. I would love that for you. But until that happens for you, I would challenge you that there's real value in making long-term investments. investments. I, I, I would challenge you that until that big thing happens for you, that, that you just make this long-term investment. So here's what I would love to do. I would love for everybody here, just this is a Mission Sunday. You know that uh, that we're going to ask you to, to commit to give to missions today. So let me just be upfront with it, okay? I would love everybody here to give $150,000 to missions. Would you be okay with that? $150,000. Can we just start collecting that now? Could we pass the plate again and just... Uh... See, some of you would say, Rick, I, I couldn't give $150,000 in a lifetime. Rick, I couldn't give $150,000 to meet basic human need and to share the gospel with people in a lifetime. I, I just know my finances. That's not a possibility. And the truth is, that's a lie. You can do it, and you can do it with great ease. But you can't do it tomorrow. Well, some of you could. You can't do it today. But if you just take on this idea that I'm, I'm a long hauler and I'm committed... And I'm just going to start now, and I'm just going to give one hundred and fifty thousand dollars would be nothing for most of us so here's the deal if you're if you're a fifteen year old boy or girl, and you say, "You know what I, I want God to use me. I want to live for something greater than myself i I, I don't want to just kind of just just kind of live my life toward my own small existence. I want to get outside of that, and I want God to use me in a powerful way. I don't want to live my life just focused on my kingdom. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? What about my future? I want to do something greater than that. I want it to be about God's kingdom. If you just said, as a 15-year-old boy or girl, I'm going to give $10 a month, and I'm going to do that until I'm 25 years old. $10 a month. I think I can do $10 a month. Just look at the chart with me. At age 15, $10 a month. It doesn't look like a lot of money, does it? And it's not a lot of money, but when you're 25, you say, you know what, I can double that. When you're 35, you say, I can double that. When you're 45, you say, I can double that. I mean, these numbers are easy. When you think about a person who is out of college, working a full-time job, saying, can I give 20 bucks a month? 20 bucks a month is nothing. High school students are saying, I can do that now. But look what happens. By the time that you're... 85 years old, you've given $150,000. And those numbers mean nothing because when you factor in inflation, it's more like a half a million dollars. That's 60 years from now. 60 years ago we were buying Cokes for, you know, what, a nickel. I mean, think about it. What could God do through you if you just said, You know what? I'm going to make a lifetime investment. And, and, and I start with people who are 15 because you're, you're, you're a part of this following Jesus clan as much as I am. And at this age, if you just start in your life now saying, and as God lets me, I will increase. You know what, Annette and I, uh, we started giving when we were really young. We said, we want to meet basic human need. We want to help people f- have water who don't have water already, clean water. We want to have people who don't have food already to find food. We want to take the gospel to people who don't know Jesus. We want to be a part of this bigger thing that God is doing. And, and it amazes me how back in those days on very little money that we were making when we were very young, that, that it's added up. And, and we're beyond the table. And it wasn't because we had a lot of money. But let me tell you this. It never hurt. It never felt like a sacrifice. We'll give a little every month. And, and when we can double that, we'll double it. And when we can double that, we'll double it. And when we can double that, we'll double it. And when we can double that, we'll double that. And I remember those early trips to countries that I'd heard about as a little boy growing up in a small Nazarene church in a small Kentucky town. And I would step off those airplanes and I would look around and I would say, so this is Peru, you know. I've given money to share in the gospel in Peru all my life. So this is Africa. This is Swaziland. This is Guatemala. And I believed that God was using me in some small way to be part of something a lot bigger than myself. If it doesn't matter to you today, it'll matter to you one day. There was a survey not long ago of people in their 80s, okay? People who are in their 80s. And here was the question. So if you had life to do over, how would you do it differently? If you could back up, if you could rerun, what would you do? And here's what they said I would reflect more, I would risk more, and I would invest myself in something that lives on after I'm gone. I, I got a much better reason for you than that. Jesus calls us to be generous, to be compassionate and to share the gospel now before i get too far along let me just do this real quick okay um you know i i don't i don't know a lot about you know birds and stuff but my wife the other night we were getting ready to go out of town for about 10 days and it's late i've fallen asleep in the recliner which is not unusual and um and she wakes me up by coming in the front door it's like midnight and i'm and there was a throw on a on a chair that she wanted to bring in, didn't want to leave it out there while we were gone. And and she says to me, uh, did you see the flutter? And I'm like, no, I didn't see the flutter. Well, there was a flutter. and And I'm trying to wake up. You know how when you're trying to wake up, you're not really at it? And she goes, oh, my goodness, is that something on the floor? I believe that's something on the floor from a bird. And... I walk over, and I think it's something on the floor from a bird, and she goes, there's the bird, and sure enough, in our house, there's a bird, and so, you know, I'm walking around, and I finally go get a broom, because the bird keeps getting behind stuff up high, and we're thinking, we can't leave early in the morning, to leave the bird in our house, and I'm chasing the bird around with a broom, and you know, the, the bird is high, because I guess there's some lighting up there, and we're opening all the doors, and it's really cold, and we can't get the bird to get out, you know, and this goes on a long time, and I go, what's the plan? You know, this isn't working. And I finally say, Annette, should I knock the bird to the ground? And Annette is the voice of compassion and always the voice of reason, and she paused and said, yes. <laughs> and so now the plan is that I'm going to take the broom, and I'm going to, and the bird's tired. He's not moving very fast at this point. And I'm going to knock. And I could not do it. Every time I reared back, I just could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't hurt the bird. And finally the bird is so tired, he is now walking around in our house, okay? <laughs> he gets to the laundry room, which was the best room in the house. We open the door. He walks out. I'm not making this up. He walked out of our house. It was so... I think the question that we get into is this. So what about me? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What about my future? What about me? Can we talk about me for a minute? And, And Jesus just says, are you kidding me? You seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And God will take care of you. And He gives this example. Think about the birds. I mean... He feeds them. He takes care of birds. Think about the flowers. What do they do to be that beautiful? Nothing. You you understand that God will take care of you. And this whole idea of worrying, you don't have to worry. You can trust God with your future. Now, he's not saying don't be wise. He's just saying, you seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, God will take care of you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, so I do, I do want to invite you to give, and I'm not asking you to give 150000 today unless you just want to, but you received a, a worship folder when you came in, and would you mind taking that out with me? Just grab it. Get in your hands. You okay to do that? Okay. And there's a little flap over here on this side. I better hurry. I'm losing them like crazy. Um, right here. And, uh, and it just kind of gives you some information about a goal that we've set. We would love to raise a half a million dollars this year just to give away to missions. And you can see what it's like. And then on the other side, it just gives you the opportunity to make a commitment. And, and it may be that there's somebody in the room today that says, you know what, Rick, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the 10 bucks a month. That's where I'm going to start. Maybe in a while I'll double that. Maybe in a while I'll double that. Maybe in a while I'll double, but I'm going to start today. I'm going to start somewhere. So if you said, as a pastor, when you dream big, what do you dream about? You want to know? I dream about a day when everybody in the room Fills out a card. And it's not about how much. It's something. I'll start, I'll start small, Pastor Rick. But, but I'm going to give to something that's bigger than me. Bigger than my own small existence. Bigger than just what am I going to eat and my family. And what are we going to drink and what are we going to wear. And what about our future. I want to be a part of something bigger than that. Because the enemy is going to tempt you. You focus on your kingdom. And Jesus says, don't, don't do that. You focus on God's kingdom. And God is going to take care of you. But, but I dream about a day when everybody in this room will sign this card. I'm going to give something. And if it's 10 bucks a month, that's 10 bucks a month. That's going to help change somebody's life. That's going to share the gospel with somebody. That's going to put a bite of food in somebody's mouth. That's going to put water in somebody's system. And so in a moment, Harlan's coming now, and we'll sing together, and we'll pass the offering plates, and we'll receive our regular morning tithe and offering, and we'll also receive pledge cards. that just says, over this next year, uh, you can count on me. I'm going to give at least... This much, whether it's a month or whatever, a week, a year, whatever, however you fill that out. But I'm starting, and I'm going to begin this lifetime of long-term investment in something that's greater than I am. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.